Weather today is probably the perfect day for the weekend. Um, so uh, we're going to have some time of worship together. But before we do that, I'm going to open in prayer. Father, we come before you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, surround us with your peace and mercy. Give us grace, Lord, today in the days to come. Give us wisdom, Lord, as we uh, work, as we prepare for school again, as we interact with our families and friends. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful blessings upon our lives. Lord, we thank you for Jesus, that he made a way for us. He made the way for us to come together in fellowship. Father, we just uh, thank you right now in Jesus' wonderful name. So uh, feel free to stand, sit, uh, dance, whatever you'd like to do. But uh, Isaiah's leading worship for us this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Good morning, everybody. Let's, uh, let's worship in spirit and truth. You can follow along on the page. If you didn't get a page, we're going to hand them out. Hopefully the wind doesn't blow them away. come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. sin runs deep your grace is more where grace is found is where you are and where you are Lord I am free holiness is Christ in me Lord I need you
Father, for this day, um, we thank you for the freedom to worship you um, in this country, and that's that's no little thing. And I just acknowledge that we acknowledge it as a as a group of believers that you are bigger and stronger than all of our struggles. And we're going to zoom out. We're going to zoom out of all of our problems, and we're just going to focus on you. Oh 
His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship Your holy name. Now that day, and on that day when my strength is fading. Near and my time has come. I still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Oh, bless the Lord of oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship His holy name. I'll sing like never before. Oh, my soul, worship Your holy name. Yes, Lord, I will worship Your holy name. Yes, we'll worship Your holy name. Father, thank you very much. At this time, I would like to have my son come up with me. One of the cool things about being here at Lydia House for our family is that we we are encouraged to participate, and we're encouraged to tell the next generation to participate. And uh, that's a powerful thing um, to be a part of. doesn't matter how many people are here. doesn't matter about anything or anyone but Jesus. We have mercy because Jesus was worthy. Hallelujah. That's all, we, that's all we care about, right? Yeah, Jesus is worthy. He's the one that's worthy, and that's why we have the mercy. So now we can say hallelujah. And now he needs a microphone. <laughs> all right, we'll get you a microphone, buddy. Gideon and I are going to play this song for you guys. We're going to have a moment of contemplation with the Lord as we sing How Deep the Father's Love. You can mm. sing along if you want to. Um, but I'm going to start, and then Gideon is going um, to give a little word that he wanted to give you guys from his heart, from the Lord specifically. Because we know we're here for Jesus, and that's why we're doing this. It's not about us. So yeah, it's not about us. You go ahead. It's you about preach. Jesus. Preach, son. Okay. The Lord is good. He saves everybody. He made creatures. Every little thing he made was cool. Like bugs, bears. Everything needs, needs food to survive. It's, 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 God is always our guide. He can help us. He's the best saver Amen. we ever knew. And we um, we have the we we have Jesus and he has the power for us. 
He has the greatest powers. Not even a cape, just he. He doesn't need one. He can save without one. Now, he's the he's the really bestest. <laughs> he made plants. He made trees for shade. Amen. He made hiding spots for bugs. <laughs> he made he. Even in the Bible, you can think of everything that was in there. It was always the fact of Jesus. He, he is the Lord. Amen. He is the King of Kings. Yes, Lord. Yeah, that's right. Amen. He made the sun. Yes. He made the universe. He made everything. Even trees for wood for houses. Yes. Shelter. Thank you, God, for shelter. Yeah. Thank you for shelter. And, uh, wood for fire. I forgot that. <laughs> yep. Many things to give thanks for, isn't yes. there, Gideon? Yes. Let's have a thankful heart as we sing this next song. Thank you, my son. You can come back. Come back later. <laughs> Thank you, Gideon. Just take this time now to just reflect over the week that you've had the things that you want to pray to the Father about here together. Pray with somebody if you need to. Sing the song if you want.
tell Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life Amen I know that it is finished I will not boast I will not boast in No gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I can, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart, His wounds, His wounds have paid my ransom, but this I know with all my heart. Let's sing that one more time just together. And this I know with all my heart, his wounds have paid my ransom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just take that in. Just take that moment of, of the Holy Spirit just to just to spend time with him. He loves this. He loves this time that he gets to spend with us when we turn our hearts to him. Just breathe him in on this beautiful, glorious day that he's given, that the Lord has made. It's so good. We have one more song, and then we're going to get into the message with Luann. So continue to, if you need to sit, if you need to walk, if you need to jump up and down, whatever you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you to do within context, <laughs> we will... Uh, welcome that. We want the Holy Spirit. We want more Holy Spirit. We want to walk in the light. We want to walk in the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. calling here for each person and for those who are watching or listening God thank you I ask that you would reach their heart give them comfort you are strong you are mighty let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run the fountain I drink from oh he is my song let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide. The ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. You are good, good, oh, 
my heart be the wind inside my sails the anchor in the waves oh he is my song let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins the echo of my days oh he is my song cause you are good you're good Thank you for this time to worship you. Thank you for this time to worship together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Bless you guys.
is Jesus the king of your heart? He is good. He's always good to us. He's wonderful. Let's thank uh, Isaiah and Gideon for doing worship. Gideon, you know, I, I just really sense the Lord's presence when you started preaching, when you're sharing with us. Um, I mean, I could physically sense the Lord's presence on, my, on myself when you shared. So thank you for sharing the word of the Lord. Yeah, keep doing that. It's wonderful. Yes, you keep doing that. Hey. Um, Make it quick, though, okay? Okay. Um, you're going to keep doing it, right? Um, what was I going to say? Well, Tim just wanted to know if you're going to keep doing it for the Lord, right? Amen? I am, I am. You are, okay. Amen, amen. That's our expectation. That's the Lord's expectation. That you just continue to honor and serve Him. And I think your parents are very proud of you. <laughs> It's a wonderful thing. Well, good morning again, Lydia House. A um, few announcements here. Uh, Paul and Karen are uh, out, so uh, just continue to pray for them. They, uh, as you may know, that uh, Grandma and Grandpa are coming soon, so uh, Paul and Karen are trying to get a few things done, visit a few places, uh, family and things here, and uh, then they'll take a little time for themselves uh, before they get here. and. Uh, because it'll be a, a wonderful blessing when Grandma and Grandpa come. It'll be on all hands on deck, too. So just uh, lift them up in prayer and remember that uh, new things are going to be happening here. So it'll be great. We're um, let him pass. So that's the wonderful thing about being outside is we have the environment. So um, God is good. And we'll continue to be outside as often as possible as long as it's weather permitting and uh, bugs permitting. So I haven't seen a bug really much this morning yet, maybe a flyer here and there. Um, Paul also wanted me to mention that uh, if you do have the kids, the treehouse is off limits because it's structurally not safe right now. No railing, things like that. So um, bear that in mind. Um, I don't see any new people, but uh, we do welcome anybody that comes new. So uh, again, uh, We'd love to have you if you're watching online or on TV, on cable. Uh, come visit us in person. And uh, we just, uh, CJ's inside right now, I think, but uh, we just want to thank CJ and uh, Tim and uh, the whole sound crew. And uh, it's not just sound these days, but it's video and uh, a lot of wonderful things. So uh, there is a lot of effort that goes into that. So again, we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's a, uh, an effort that sometimes we don't uh, notice, we don't see, because you know it's it's something we want to be seamless. So as uh, we're participating in worship and the message, um, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, the offering box is over here this morning, so uh, just feel free to uh, put your offering and tithes in there. Um, you know this, the Lord's blessings on you in this season of. Um, you know, a lot of financial difficulty for many people. So uh, we just thank the Lord for his uh, financial blessing upon our lives. And uh, just continue to sow into Lydia House and Harvest Communities. And uh, we appreciate that. We, uh, we were going to do communion this morning. Uh, we're not prepared, so we'll do it next week. Um, just wanted to say about communion. Just uh, as we come together in communion, as we come before the Lord to... Uh, commune with him, to fellowship with him that way. Remember, it's, it's not about the ritual. 
but it's about receiving a blessing from him. And that uh, we come, and Jesus basically made a way for us to come before him to receive that. So uh, you prepare your hearts this week as we look forward to communion next week. And uh, just before the message, you know, we were going to do this for communion, but let's go ahead and say the Lord's Prayer together. Why don't we all stand up? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Luam, why don't you come on up? We've got Luann sharing the word with us this morning. Yes, welcome her. Well, Father, I thank you for uh, your word. Sounds like we're going to have a lot of uh, scripture this morning, a lot of uh, good word. So we thank you, Lord, for uh, what you're doing through Luann this morning. We thank you for the word that will come forth. We just bless her. Thank you, Lord, that uh, her studies are anointed, her words are anointed. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Okay, I'm going to, I'm, although I might need these. Um, gonna take me a minute to get ready. Thanks, Gideon, this morning. That was really good. And you talking about Genesis um, was really good. About God, creation, that, that is perfect um, for what I'm going to talk about today. And while I'm setting up, Steve's going to pass out some sheets. This is going to take me a few minutes because it's a little windy and I'm going to need clips. So. So I'd like to pray again um, before I start because there are certain things that let's see here, that I want God to do and I believe he's going to do this morning. So again, good morning everybody. Good to see y'all. Uh, we just, Lord, we just pray for your Holy Spirit anointing this morning, Lord. We pray for revelation, Lord, to come upon all of us. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us in the inner, inner sanctums of our lives, Lord, deep within our inner man. 
I pray, Lord, that you would show us, show us you, show us you in a greater and a deeper and a more vibrant way than we've ever known you. Lord, you are here and you are speaking today. Lord, I'm just a part of that. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Right now, times seem chaotic, but Lord, I believe in you. I believe in your good plan. And we have a future that is a hope, a hopeful future, and a future that is good and full of abundant life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, you've got sheets there, but I want to take us back before we go to the sheets. Uh, on March 21st, I woke up on March 21st, Saturday morning. Oh, and P.S., I don't preach. This is a teaching. So if you have a question, holler out. Uh, there's a mic back there. Um, holler out your question. If I'm going too fast, just rein me in and I'll slow down because sometimes when I start rolling it really really goes so um, March 21st we all know what happened that weekend that began the lockdown but that morning God opened a word up to me and well I'll just give you the word second Chronicles 714 if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And I got that word and I thought, hmm, okay, must have to do with the virus, right? But as I went about that my day, I felt like there was more. God had deeper and more. And Nate had asked me to do um, a couple weekends, you know, when he was gone, Pastor Nate. And as the day progressed, we got into other things, and all four of us ended up praying together. And we ended up repenting of things that God was speaking to us. Because what is the Bible verse? Does it say the world? No, it says my people, my people. It's not the world, it's my people. If my people will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, not the world's wicked ways, we know they're wicked, but it's us. We're the ones that have to turn. And so that day we ended up praying and it was, it was good and it was God. And then I start hearing all these other people getting the same verse. And yes, I know it's a good verse, and you know we, we say it a number of times, but that was more than just that. That was God. And that's when I knew what I should be teaching on this morning. So let's look at the sheet. Okay, um, now this is, I kind of crammed everything on this one sheet. So hopefully it won't be confusing. But on the right side, we have the tree of life. On the left side, we have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in the center is choice. And so you might say, we're choice, if you kind of want to look at it that way. God's people. God's people have a choice. The people in the world have already chosen. 
And unless they make a different choice, they're not in the middle camp. We're in the middle camp. We're making choices. Now they can choose to move towards life, but until they do, they're not really in the, in the middle camp. Okay, so let's go back to Genesis and see what these trees are all about. So if you don't have a Bible, there's some on the table, or use your app, or, or you can just listen. Okay, so we're in Genesis 2, and we're going to start in the ninth verse. And out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight or to be desired good, suitable, pleasant for food, the tree of life also in the center of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of the difference between good and evil, blessing and calamity. So this is the tree of life, and the tree of life is in the center. It's not on the edge, it's not on the side, it's not on the top of a hill, it's not in a valley, it's in the center. In the very center is life. Okay, let's skip down to verse 16. Uh, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, blessing and calamity, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And of course we know, because we know the story, that, that was, it was a physical death, but it was a spiritual death as well. It wasn't just physical. And they eventually physically died, or they wouldn't have. And so let's go back and take a look here at this tree. This is the backdrop. Um, when you think about what I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes, we're going to get into Romans 6, I want the backdrop to be the trees. The tree of life in the center of your life. Okay, the tree of life, the kingdom of light, God at the center of your light and life. Uh, John 10.10, 10, the thief. Now he comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But the, you have come that may, I may give you life and life abundant. This is God. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the tree of darkness. Satan, he's at the center of that tree. And he wants you to look at self. Now, I don't want you to become confused because Satan isn't in competition with God. He's really in competition against us. He wants to take us down. He wants us to come out of the kingdom of light. And he wants to pull us into the kingdom of darkness. Or he wants our, light, our life in the kingdom of light to be so bogged down that it practically feels like darkness. And so that's his goal. Um, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is evil. And evil fruit is evil. It's poison. And it poisons us. Now, you notice in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there's good and evil, blessing and calamity. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, what, what could be good in the tree of good and evil? What is good then? If I'm trying to figure this all out, what is good? So good is things that can be good to humanity, good to each other, but not 
God-centered. So it's the center that is the focus. What is in the center? Is it the tree of life or is it just good? And so the tree of life, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the good fruit is still death. No matter how good you are without God, the end is eternal death. It's not eternal life, it's eternal death. So what are you? Okay, well, it's easy to see on the evil side, you're Satan-focused, your, your faith is about Satan, you're a Satanist. So that's, you know, we're not going to talk about that anymore. We're going to talk about the other side, the kind of good side of the tree. If you're into good rather than God, you're self-focused. It's about religions, false religions, being a good person. Maybe you don't care about religion at all. Social justice. Hey, let's build this house for this person. Well, that doesn't sound bad. What's wrong with building a house for a person? That sounds really great. What a blessing you could be by building a house for a person. But if you don't share the gospel of Jesus Christ, this person is still under the effects of the tree of death. Their life is under those effects, and their ending is death. So then, to be a good person or to get into social justice just for good, although does good things and results in helping people in their day-to-day -day life, we're not helping them in their spiritual life at all. We're not getting to the heart of the matter. And like I said, it's not that there's anything wrong with helping people that don't know us because then God can open up opportunities. Opportunities to share his word, to share the kingdom of God. But before we get in or even overwhelmed, because I don't know about any of you, but I know I've been into good before, self-driven good before, because something felt good, something I thought would be good to do. But the person didn't end up coming to the Lord. Now, was my labor in vain? No, I don't believe so. Because if a Christian coming from God, coming from the Spirit of God, coming from the Holy Spirit who works on every non-believer. It says, the scripture says, he woos and calls them. Then just your presence there is bringing God into the arena, into the atmosphere, into the light that you're bringing with you. But how much greater is the light if we are sent by the Spirit of God? and not just out of our own good thinking. How much greater could the time be? Because then it's, it's spirit-led. You're being led. Mm, I don't think I'm going to go shopping today. I think I'm going to go shopping tomorrow. I just feel like I should go shopping tomorrow. Or, you know, I think sometimes we don't even ask ourselves the question. Sorry. We don't ask ourselves the question. Um, Lord, is there anybody in this store you want me to talk to, pray for? Maybe he doesn't want you to go up and share the gospel, but maybe there's somebody there 
You're just supposed to walk past so that the spirit of the living God that emanates off you can be in their presence. We have a deeper and a higher calling than I believe we even realize. But let's not get carried away. So, in choice, we have Joshua. Choose you this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So what about Abraham? Abraham looked forward towards the Messiah and he believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. Righteousness in God. Right standing in God. And so let's look then at Romans. We're going to dance through Romans. We're going to start in 3. For we hold that a man is justified and made upright by faith in independent of and distinctly apart from good works. Works of the law. The observance of the law has nothing to do with justification. Okay, I'm reading out of the Amplified, which is a direct translation, but with all those extra words. So my reading is going to be lengthy, but I'm hoping those extra words will help us. Help us understand. Yeah. What verse are you talking about? Romans. This is Romans chapter 3, verse 28. 328, sorry, if I didn't give you the address. So this has... Um, for we hold that the man, a man is justified and made upright by faith. And, ha and this faith is apart from good works because the faith is impugned to us. God gives us faith. He gives us the opportunity to be born again. And so the Spirit of God comes and he woos us and he calls us over a, a, sometimes a long period of time and sometimes a short period of time. And we accept him, and he cleanses us from all our sin. Let's go to Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and giving, given a right standing with God, through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we've been cleansed with sin and we enter into peace with God. Now we're going to flip over to 5.10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled, that we will be saved and daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrected life. So the dominion of sin, we could also call the nature of sin. The nature of the tree of life is life. The nature of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is death. And so we're looking at these natures. The, wait a minute. Did I, I think I just said that wrong. The nature of sin is death. Did I say that? Well, whatever. The nature of sin is death. That results in death. And the nature of God, the nature of Jesus Christ, is life. If I said that wrong, I'm sorry. So let's 
go to Romans 6. That's where we're going to be doing a lot of our camping. Because in here it talks about the sin nature. So, um, before I start, let me just cruise quickly back to that Saturday. That Saturday, when I was praying, God convicted me. And he convicted me of sin. He convicted me of a sin which I believe I've been working on for a while, but just you get comfortable with sin. You get comfortable with doing a sin. Or even you can justify a sin and say, oh, it's not that bad. Everybody does it. It's okay. And so just, you know, just because I know how our flesh is, I'm just going to tell you so then you don't have to be curious, okay? Because <laughs> I know how we are. So <clears throat> what I repented of was I really believe that my sin went from dislike to discord to hatred. And we know the end of hatred is death. And so when, when God called me up short that day, he said, what you've been doing is plugging back in to the sin nature. And I went, wow, okay, I've got you. I understand what you're saying. Okay, so now I'm going to skip back to Romans, and then I'm going to come back to what it was. Okay, what shall we say to all this? Are we to remain in sin? Because he's just told us that we've been freed from sin. We're free from all its entanglements. But is his grace and is his peace then, does that mean we can just go ahead and sin all we want because God's blood covers it and we're okay now? We've been made right with God. We're justified. So he says no. Are we to remain in sin in order that grace, favor, and mercy may multiply and overflow? Certainly not. How can we, who died to sin, live in it any longer? And this is where God just nailed me against the wall. I'm dead. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to all sin. Are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? I have been crucified with Christ. I have died with Christ. All my sins are in Christ and have been cleansed. But not just my sin, my sin nature. How sin works in us and how it draws us, and how it convinces us that, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's okay. It's fine. You're, you're okay. It, it doesn't matter that much. And so then, you know, the word says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And so then we do a little more and a little more, like I was saying. And pretty soon, we're in a place where we go, well, wait a minute now, that doesn't sound right. Now we better back up. And so then we try to back up and then we try to justify ourselves. But here we are. We are dead. We are dead. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, 
so we too might be habitually we might also habitually live and behave in newness of life we are baptized we are dead we have been covered we have been cleansed and now we can rise anew into Christ but it's not just the sin it's the very sin nature that we are dead to we can be unplugged from the very things that draw us down the wrong road when we start getting angry at our husband or angry at our kids hey wait a minute I'm dead this nature within me is dead I'm dead to this I'm dead in Christ and I arise new I don't have to live this way the scripture says stop I can stop and I can stop because I'm under the power of the Holy Spirit for if we become one with him by sharing a death like his we also are one with him in sharing his resurrection by a new life lived in God okay when I came to the Lord um, and and you some of you have heard my testimony before but when I came to the Lord I didn't have anybody come alongside of me and tell me hey did you know that you don't have to act like this anymore you're dead to sin you're you know. and I knew my sins were covered but my actions you know I was being convicted by the Holy Spirit but nobody came alongside of me and said this is how you have to re program your mind this is what you have to do in reprogramming your mind is you need to catch yourself early in your thought patterns bury those old thought patterns with Christ because they're dead and rise to new thought patterns that Christ is giving you this is how we do it we rise new in him but nobody told me those things, so I floundered. I don't know about the rest of you. You probably all were great. N not me. I floundered. I floundered for a long time. I was getting going, getting going in the faith, but I floundered. And slowly then I came into the teaching on deliverance, but it wasn't until after that that then I was really rooted and grounded in what Christ meant as I walked it out because like I said last time I don't know if you guys remember but I had a big problem with rejection and rebellion and when I was um, before I was born again I could hear the voices right here once I was be born again those voices then were back they were way back here relegated to behind me they were still yabbering at me but they didn't have the power because Christ had killed them they had died as I entered into Christ they had died but I didn't know that and so I would give them opportunity to speak to me I would give them a place and I would give them time and and I would walk in their ways oh yeah I do feel kinda rejected about that yeah I'm not as good as that person yeah I don't know as much as they do and so I would yield my members I would yield my mind into thinking what was going on and then I would welcome that back into my life and with that then what I was doing is I was for all you people who are into electronics 
is I was plugging myself back into the sin nature. And I was reigniting something that was already dead within me because I didn't know that that's what I was doing. So let's go on. We know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. And that's what I was doing. I was, I was realizing that I could unplug myself because I kept plugging myself back in, not knowing. For when a man dies, he is freed, loosed and delivered from the power of sin among men. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Because we know that Christ, the anointed one, being once raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. For by the death he died, he died to sin, ending his relation to it. Once for all, and the life he lives, he is living to God in unbroken fellowship with him. For so consider yourselves also dead to sin, and your relation to it broken, but alive to God, living in unbroken fellowship with him. Let not, therefore, sin rule as king in your mortal body, your short-lived perishing body, to make you yield to its cravings, and to be subjected to it, its lusts and its evil passions. So what is he saying here? Let not. So he's saying stop. Stop stinking thinking. Because that's where it starts. That's the first step is stinking thinking. And if we allow ourselves to start, then we begin to justify. And if we begin to justify, then pretty soon we start plugging ourselves back in to the sin nature. And then the sin nature will just feed it. Oh, wow, now see what you did? You're terrible. You're really bad now. I am. I'm a terrible person. What? What has God said to you? You are not a terrible person. You are covered with his blood. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. Unplug yourself right away. Unplug yourself, cover your mind with the blood of Jesus, start saying the word of God, keep that sin nature unplugged, and walk. Stop and begin to turn and walk, because we have choice. We have choice. Okay. Do not continue offering or yielding in your bodily members and faculties to sin as instruments and tools of wickedness, but offer and yield yourselves to God. I'm in the 13th verse, if anyone's looking. <laughs> um, offer and yield yourselves to God as though you have been raised from the dead to perpetual life and your bodily members and faculties to God, presenting them as implements of righteousness. For sin shall no longer have any dominion over you, since now you are not under the law, but you are under grace. When, when then are we, what then are we to conclude? Shall we sin because we live not under the law, but under God's favor and mercy? Certainly not. That's not our goal, to go back to sin. Do you not know that if you are continually surrendering yourselves to anyone, 
to do his will, you are the slave of him who you obey, whether that be to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Okay, so sin leads to death, obedience leads to righteousness. So on Saturday, uh, that Saturday, God was convicting me of getting plugged back into that sin nature when I wasn't even thinking about it. So what did I do? I was mad, very mad, at the whole political scheme of things and what was going on. I was so upset at what was happening and how evil people were speaking evil things. Well, aren't we supposed to hate evil? Absolutely, but not the people. You know, we're to love the person and hate the sin. Hate the sin, love the sin. How long have we heard that? A lot, right? But you see these evil people doing such wicked things and your heart cries out and you pray, but then other people talk and you start going, yeah, that's right. And you start getting angry. I got to the point where I really, literally wanted to get up and slap a few people. Of course, they're nowhere near me. I'd have to go to Washington. Oh, wait, no, no, they were huddled in their house. They weren't in Washington. But it doesn't matter where they were. It was still the same thing. I wanted to get up and slap a few people. Well, that's wrong. You, you don't get to anybody by slapping them. And of course, if you knew that person, you would never do that. So what was going on? Satan was tempting me, tempting me to not think about these people as potential people for our kingdom. But instead, these people are evil and wicked and they deserve what they get. And so I had a lot to repent for. I had a lot to ask God to forgive me of. Because that was so wrong. That heart attitude was so bad. And so have I had victory every day since then? No. No, I haven't. But I've had a lot more victory than I had before he gave me that verse. And so let's continue. And I'll keep circling back. Um, so we are up here in 16. So I didn't, God was saying to me, don't surrender yourselves. Don't make yourself a slave again. Don't plug yourself in to that sin nature. Remember, tree of life here, tree of good and evil here. Was everybody else talking about evil sort of the same way I was talking about evil? You bet. You bet they were. But we're not here to follow the crowd. Even Christians. I mean, I had to stop looking at Facebook. And I'm not saying that they're not right in what they're saying. But our heart, the Holy Spirit, ha is working on us. How are we going to get evil to turn? There's only one way, and that's to pray for them. That's the only way. In ourselves, and in others. That's the only way, is to pray and ask God to, you know, un unstop the ears, to uh, unscale the eyes, is by praying and asking God to move with his spirit across our land. But thank God, 
Though you were once slaves of sin, you have become obedient with all your heart to the standard of teaching in which you were instructed and to which you were committed. Sorry about that. And having been set free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in thought, purpose, and action. And that's what he's calling us to. Being conformed to that divine will in thought, purpose, and action. I'm speaking in familiar human terms because of your natural limitations. For as you yielded your bodily members and faculties as servants to impurity and ever-increasing lawlessness, so now yield your bodily members and faculties once for all as servants to righteousness, right standing and right doing, which leads to sanctification. We are covered with the blood. We, our sin nature has been killed. It's been unplugged. We are sanctified. Everything that we've lived through, every curse, every cord, every, um, sp every spirit that was harassing us before we became gods is dead. It's been unplugged from us. Don't plug back in. Don't plug back in to that life. Don't plug back in to what he's brought you out of. When I went in and had deliverance, I thought those things were still with me because they were mine. No, no. No, no, they weren't mine. They had been unplugged already from me because of Christ and what he had done. Because I was dead with him in the water. I was baptized with him into his death. And I rose with him into his new life. That life is gone and dead because of what he did. I was the one that was plugging myself back into the sin nature without understanding what it was doing to me. And that it was making me slowly worse and worse and worse. So when I went through deliverance, there was a time there when, well, and you know how we are as people, there's a time when we just kind of go overboard and things, right? You know, we get into something and there for a while it's all, oh, corporate prayer, you know, let's get into corporate. Is there anything wrong with corporate prayer? Absolutely not. It's wonderful. You know, the more we pray, the better it is. But we, we get sort of, we dive in, let's put it that way. And we kind of go overboard in something. And then God is so gracious, you know, because he brings us back. He brings us back to the middle. We keep seeking him, and he brings us back and makes and balances us out. But everything was deliverance in my life for a while because God was calling me into a, that ministry. And so, you know, some of it I can see. But as I grew and as he grew in me, then I learned that it, you can speak the truth to people, and it can set them free. But it won't keep them free because they'll plug themselves back in. Okay? They, plug, they unplug from the tree of life and they plug themselves back into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what they're doing. They're plugging themselves back into the sin nature. So, took me a while to figure that out. But unplugging is the key. And the earlier we unplug, the better it can be for us and in our lives. I'm going to go on, and you're saying, oh my gosh. So wait, maybe I better pause. 
Questions. You've been so quiet. Nobody's asked a question. I've been reading too fast, right? That's it. Yeah. I always had a question about uh, in Genesis where, you know, uh, God tells Adam, don't eat from the now, good and evil, but when you do, you'll surely die. Right, yeah. Well, then, so that's where I think we all get the assumption that they would have lived forever. And, but it, I think it might mean something else, like a spiritual death. But this, right. This is why, because in Genesis 3, after they've sinned, God's talking within the Trinity and says, well, now they're like us. we got to get them out of the garden lest they eat from them His question, his question was out of Genesis. His question was out of Genesis, which um, what I'm talking about, of course, isn't the millennial reign or isn't the um, afterlife. Uh, and there are, are different thoughts on that. And some people believe that when Adam partook of the apple, um, his spiritual man died. You know, his spirit died or was darkened. Some people use that term, that his spirit was darkened. And there are those that believe that Adam and Eve aren't in heaven, that he never reconciled himself. That I'm not sure about. You know, I've read the scriptures. I, I, can, I can see both camps. I, I can see both camps. Um, but as far as uh, the way we are in heaven, um, there, there's... Again, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of thought. Most people believe, well, I shouldn't say most. There's a group of people that believe that when we get our new bodies, we're going to be like Adam and Eve. We're, we're not going to, we're going to be back to, to the way he created us. Not caring about self, not caring about what we look like. We will know and we will be known. So I will know you in heaven. Um, but... I won't be, you know, um, self-centered in my knowing. It'll, it'll be in, in knowledge of knowing. So it won't be, I won't know you in heaven and go, oh, wow, Steve, that's how you looked when you were 33. Cool. You know, because I didn't know you at 33. Yeah. See, it won't be like that because we won't be self-focused. We'll be like Adam and Eve were before. They weren't self-focused. But as far as... You know, living forever, again, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just, oh. I was thinking through the process of sanctification. You know, we come into, I don't know why it's doing this. We come into new life in Christ and we are dead. We are no longer that person. Yeah. But living in the world, we are continually tempted. We're continually yes. deceived. We're continually you know, fluctuating in and out of the worldly ways. Why is this doing this? What do I do? It's How probably the it? mic behind you picking you up. Because TJ wants it louder and he doesn't realize we're getting feedback. 
Okay. So anyway, um, my heart cry is that knowing the great grace that is extended to us in the sanctification process, it's really easy as believers to become legalistic and judgmental as we're growing in this because we're being called out of one thing and we immediately want to say, oh, but if you're really following the Lord, you too would agree with me and you would be on this road. But I love to think of it that God is working with us in this um, Mm -hmm. grace-filled way and that's what he wants us to do with others. So you look at which one of it was that he did one little thing wrong and Moses wasn't allowed in the promised land. One little tiny thing. (laughs) Nothing compared to what these others did that did cross over. And so knowing it's such an individual call in obedience, Mm -hmm. as we hear the Lord convicting us on those things like you had that day, how important it is that we walk in that conviction without bringing condemnation to the people around us and yet still calling each other up. And I think I struggle so much with my kids because as the parent, you feel like you're supposed to be exhorting them and holding them accountable and doing all this, and yet you're just bashing them because I'm so frustrated. And then the Lord reminds me how he could be even that much more frustrated with me. You know, So it's this continual thing of how do you call people up in grace that we're not condemning them and we're encouraging them on their walk, but recognizing that sometimes what God's put his finger on in you mm-hmm. isn't quite the right season of what he's putting right. his finger on in me. Right. And so spending more time saying, what is it, Lord, that you're doing right now? Because you're not really concerned about that. You paid for the sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're in the process of working it out with them. Yeah. Can I trust you that you're going to do that in your timing for them instead of me feeling like I've got to take things in my own hands. Absolutely. And I think in those situations, we do. We have to ask God. You know, I, I think there's, there's just as much power in not speaking as there is in speaking. And it's the timing of the Lord. I remember way back, you know, in our early marriage... Um, when I would uh, try to fix Steve, I'm sure no wife here has ever tried to fix their husband. But I remember I tried to fix Steve. And, um, and again, what tree was I in? Was I operating out of the tree of life or was I operating out of the tree of good and evil? Why don't you shut that off? Well, I just want to make okay. a comment first. That's why oh. I lost my hair. Oh. <laughs> but, but just to interrupt you for a minute, when you were working on this teaching, yeah, uh, we talked about these things. And, and to me, I don't know about the rest of us here, but for me it starts in your thought patterns. Mm-hmm. I mean, catching it in your thought patterns. Yeah. There's some kind of a discipline that we have to yeah. get to. Yeah. Uh, when we were first saved, we didn't know any better. Yeah. You know, but now, as we grow, as Anne was saying, you, you start, you catch it in your mind first. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't catch it quick. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's why it's the little foxes. Um, but, but, yeah, I, like I said, I think it can be just as powerful what we don't say. Because with Steve... Um, so now the sun comes back up. So, with Steve, uh, I 
wanted to fix him, right? You know, he had a few problems. And see, I had already had ministry, so it was his turn. And I remember I called up a friend of mine and said, let's pray. Because remember, good, good and evil, trees, okay, life. What is, God, what is the life that God has for this person? Okay, you're praying for this person. You want this person to change, okay? What is that life that God has for them? Ah, good ideas. Where do good ideas sometimes come from? Yeah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's where they come from sometimes. And I had this good idea. Hey, I called up my friend. How about we find somebody to mentor Steve? Doesn't that sound like a good idea? Of course it does, right? Thank God she was listening to God. Because she said, sounds like manipulation to me. Whoa. That just deflated that balloon right there. You know, and I'm like, yes, you're right. God didn't tell me that. That was just a good idea I had. That was a different tree. And so that's what we have to do. We have to ask God, God, is this the time to speak? And that's what I, I did with Steve. I, I was like, I'm not saying one word, God. You are the Holy Spirit. You convict. I don't convict. You convict. I think that's such a great point you just made. I think you made such a great point. Is it just a good idea or yeah. a God idea? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's so good. That was very helpful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And if you can remember the tree, it might help you. That's why we're using the tree. The tree is our template kind of to remind us life or good and evil. Of course, we're not going to do the evil. We all love God. But what about that good? Ooh, that good can be tempting. Because you know what? Oh, it would have it really felt good if I could have slapped that person I wanted to slap. But you know what? If I had been in her presence, I would have never done that. But the thoughts, those thoughts lead to death. I want that person to be saved. I don't want them just to follow my way of thinking. Because that's what they think. They want, that's what's happening now, and, and I don't want to really get into politics, but that's what's happening now, is they want the life that is in us to be silenced. And we can't silence that life. That life is what is holding everything together in this universe. The life of God is holding everything together in this universe. And that life is what makes a difference. That life is what is making their lives good. And they don't even know it. They have no clue that it's the people of God and the kingdom of God that is making their life possible. They don't know that. They don't understand that. But we should. And that's why we pray. God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to speak up now if it's to our children, if it's to a stranger in the store, if it's to somebody in church that, oh, you know, all of a sudden they're standing out to us. You know, for some reason, we keep looking at that person. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? Just ask the question. Easy. God, what do you want me to do? I got nothing on my own. Hey, got nothing. 
I'm dead, right? Dead. I got nothing on my own. I walk in the newness of life. I'm plugged into the Holy Spirit. So he is going to talk to me. He is going to tell me. And I'm going to be that connecting hose. You know, the flow of the Spirit through the hose into that other person. And so, yeah, ask. Ask the Holy Spirit. Do I say something or not? If he says no, don't. Just pray. Pray. And by just, I don't mean just as in it's secondary. It's primary. Prayer is primary, not secondary. Primary. In ever yeah, Kath. No, no, no. Go. Sorry. Hey, um, so many good things you're saying, Luann, and you know, one of the things you said in the beginning about I don't know about social justice and getting involved in good things like that is, um, you know, it's a struggle because so many of us are in the workplace. We're not in Christian ministry. I mean, Chris and I were in Christian ministry in Greece, and now you know I'm in the workplace. And um, there are so many wonderful Christian, godly people who are in finance and the industry, and it's all about making money and competitive deals and things like that. And, and just in our own workplace, just me teaching tennis, what the heck is that giving glory to God? You know, and I've struggled with it so much. And I think... You know, you're right in that, you know, we're placed wherever God has put us. And we should do it with excellence for his glory. Mm -hmm. And we're serving, I mean, Christians have made the world a better place. Our worldview as Christians Mm -hmm. have made the world a better place. And so it's not wrong to get into these good causes, Mm -hmm. like you said. But again, you have to do it with a lot of prayer yeah. and um, wherever God has put us in our workplace, God has put you there for a reason and just yes. like last week yes. I can't even remember who was preaching on this but it just, was Paul. Paul and that's why I yeah. said to him what he said yeah. just would lead right into mine right yeah it's yeah it it's, did. And, it, and just to do everything that you yeah. have been given to do do it with yes him and mine and with excellence yeah. and perfection that yeah. he's, I mean, he's a perfect God. And, yep. you know, I'm talking to my own children about this because yeah. they're in the world of athletics yeah. and there's a lot of so much heartache and up and down and you can mm-hmm. make it an idol. Like your identity is wrapped up into your job, your, your, whether you, your results in your tennis and mm-hmm. constantly it's a battle because, you know, it's it competi- is com- at the root of competitiveness. It's all pride. Yeah. It's pride and yeah. it's comparing. I just want to be better than you. Yeah. You know, it's always comparing yourself to somebody else. Yeah. And we can make idols yes. so much of, of our identity, who, who yeah. we are. It's yeah. all about. Out of anything. Right. We can make an idol out of anything. Right. I mean, serving a social justice cause yeah. Yeah. can be just an idol. Yeah. And, Absolutely. you know, so. I think you know what you're saying is so good just to really do a, you know be led by the Lord and continue to really pray yeah. that he would lead you yeah. and guide you in everything yeah. you do. And, and it's stay tough humble. because the next step then is trust. Yeah. The next step is trust. You have to trust 
So you turn it over to God and you say, Lord, I trust you that you are going to make this work out. Like with my husband, you know, I go, I'm only speaking when you tell me, Lord. I'm only saying what you tell me, Lord. And otherwise, I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting that you're going to make this work out. I'm trusting that you're going to bring my husband where he needs to be. And mm -hmm. just so you all know, he did. Okay. Amen. Good job, <laughs> God. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he works on me. So. But you know, you you, yeah. you, you I I just pray a lot for just my own self. Just yeah. Lord, show me where my idols are. Yeah. In my life. I mean, yeah. one of my idols is, you know, trying to be such a good mom and that I, I, I want to control how my kids think yeah. about me. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, wow, that, God just revealed that to me re recently. You know, so why do, you know, just Lord, please convict us and show us we don't even know where these idols are in our hearts. That's right. You know, absolutely. And our kids being older than yours, Steve and I have done the dance. Yeah. We have sat down with them and said, what did we do wrong? We want to say we're sorry. Yeah. We want to ask your forgiveness. We want to make sure this is cleansed from your heart and life. Because we didn't mean to, but that doesn't matter our intent. The fact was you may have been hurt by something we did without our understanding it. And I was shocked because I was sure it was going to go one way and it went another. Does that ever happen to you? No. You know, when you, when you ask a question that you don't know the answer to, and the things I thought they would nail me against the wall for, they didn't. <laughs> so, but that's okay. Because you know what? In God, I'm a big person, and I can take that, and I can ask for forgiveness. Because I want what the very best, just like you said, for my kids. I want the very best. And that's how you get the very best, by, back to 2 Corinthians, humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. Are we the best parents in the world? Well, I sure hope so, but in case I'm not, I'm not God, kids, tell me. Tell me, what did I do wrong? I want to ask your forgiveness. Tell me. I, I want to ask for your forgiveness. I want you to be healed up, and I want you walking in all that you have. And you know what? I bet we're late. Yeah, we're. So we're going to table everything. Awkward place to start. Stop, right? Awkward. Okay. But next week I'm finishing. So we're going to get to choice and focus, which we've already kind of been talking about. So if you want to keep your sheet, if you want to hand it in, whatever you want to do is fine. And um, Tim, yeah. Come on up. <laughs> okay. How's that for a quick stop? So, do we have anything that we need to, any habits, any patterns, any uh, idols, as Kathy said, any sins that we need to unplug from? I, I, I think I'm going to walk away with that. Is, you know, what do I need to unplug you know, where I've reconnected or where I'm connecting right now? And just, you know, be conscious of that, to not do that. And just, you know, literally, it may be an emergency where I just have to yank that plug out and get it done. So let's, uh, I'm going to just uh, speak a blessing over you. So uh, 
let's put ourselves in a position of receiving a blessing. You know, if you're going to receive something, a lot of times we'll just put our hands out. So that's just a symbol of that, you know what, we're ready to take a hold of what God is giving. So the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you his peace. The Lord's favor be upon you this week. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.